passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is the rest of the Go Tigers 247 crew, founder Brooks Hansen, digital content creator, the biggest goofball we got in town, Kenny Stubblefield. And we are coming to you tonight. I guess we're scrapping normalcy again, and we are just going to answer questions. Uh, Someone started a podcast questions thread on the board this week, and it kind of blew up. So that is our plan tonight, right, Brooks? It was pretty amazing to see how many people had questions. I mean, we're we're in the middle of quarantine still in in what May? Is this May? It's it is May. May. In May. May. It's it's in May and we have like two pages worth of questions. It was pretty insane. So And I'll be honest. Questions galore tonight. I'll be honest, I was impressed with the questions because and this is not a Most this is them. not a this is not a dig <laughs> at all but a lot of times we get the same questions over and over again on the boards because people so I think sometimes people don't like scroll up on the <laughs> on the the message board threads and stuff so they see where they don't see where Brooks is, Brooks and Christian have already answered the question we got a lot of unique questions tonight so I'm impressed well, that and I think some people think that if they ask one question on Monday and they ask the question again on Thursday, that recruiting is so fluid that they'll get a different answer on Monday versus Thursday. So it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes there are weeks without updates. So that's true. Uh, we're just we're gonna go with it. We're gonna go with every question. Uh, if the question gets cut on the cutting room floor, it just means that the answer wasn't good enough to make it. Or we're gonna to try VIP. To, yep. Or it could be VIP. So. Uh, we're going to try to do every one. So Kenny is going to ask the questions. Christian and I are just going to rapid fire go after these suckers and see what we got. So Kenny, it's all our way. You, all right, here we go. I'm going <laughs> to put some fun music behind that, by the way. Just throw that out there. Game show you. host voice. And here we go. <laughs> all right. Um, a question was asked um, about Jonathan Lawson, Brooks and Christian. Um, it's kind of a three-parter, so we're going to go at it. Um, whoever wants to answer it can answer. I'm just going to throw it out there and let y'all go with it. So here's the first part. Since Jonathan Lawson has not been on the 2021 board on here, is he a reclass candidate? No. That is more of an indication of me and or Christian being lazy and not updating the 2021 recruiting targets thread 
timely and that's on me. I think I've kind of taken the lead on that. That was my idea and I've just slacked. There are a lot of 2021 targets that are not in that thread. So uh, I promised an update to that thread soon. So I will get on that as soon as possible. Uh, been a little bit busy. Quarantine has me uh, working from home with two kids and also doing quite a bit for the site. So, um, Brooks, no, he's Brooks, I wouldn't, he's one hundred percent twenty twenty one. Call you lazy, bro. You've been killing the game, man. Uh, no, I've been lazy uh, with that. Um, number two, second part of the same question: Who are other targets left besides Musa Cisse? So this gets pretty interesting because obviously we know Memphis just got involved with Mac McClung. He just got uh, Memphis just got included in his top seven. But Brooks, this is something we've been talking about, you know, since transfers started coming to Memphis with Landers Nolly and DeAndre Williams. Is there's other guys? There's a couple other guys, but it's mainly Musa Cisse or Bust in the front court. Am I wrong there? Yeah, I mean, I think the max that Memphis would take moving forward is two players. One of those two. Musa Cisse has a spot reserved regardless. Musa Cisse is that dude. Um, obviously, Memphis has a dogfight on its hand, hands for Musa Cisse. I think if Memphis misses on Musa, they simply move on. They stand pat with where they are with Lance Thomas, Isaiah Stokes, Ahmad Rand, uh, with the hope that they can get some of their you know, versatile forward wing guys eligible um, and, and then try to see where they can play DJ Jeffries. So it's a combination of that. But then, like you said, as guys become available, Memphis gets involved. We've said repeatedly, if and when guys take their names out of the NBA draft, especially guys who are juniors and put their name into the NCAA transfer portal and become graduate transfers, full-blown, 100% eligible next season transfers, you will see Memphis get involved. And there are, I would say, two guys in particular that have a chance of doing that that Memphis will be directly involved with. Those names will not be put out there by anyone associated with us until that happens. So, uh, but again, let me just remind you, who was the first to tell you that Memphis was involved with Mac McClung? That would be us. Go Tigers 247. So stay tuned. If that's not a if that's not a, a great promotion for joining the VIP family over here at Go Tigers two four seven, I can't tell you what is. Um, last part of this question, um, and and so I'm going to ask this question the way that this person wrote it. So if the information in it is incorrect, don't shoot me. Um, Brooks and Christian can correct it, but um, says I believe that there's technically one scholarship still open being held for CSA. Is there anything with maybe a possible outgoing transfer still happening or Jaden being moved on, moved to walk on to open up more scholarships in case we don't have two scholarships sitting out the year due to denied waivers? Well, so if Memphis were to have denied waivers, for example, Landers Nolly and DeAndre Williams, those guys are on scholarship for the entire year. You cannot begin a guy's scholarship then take them off once they're denied waivers. So there's no flexibility there. There is flexibility in other ways with getting guys off of athletic scholarships onto other types of things. So there's flexibility there. 
what they're going to do and how they're going to do it, that's to be seen depending upon who they take and when. So I would just say that the flexibility is available. That's why they are constantly recruiting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that gets to the heart of the question is if, and again, max two people, max two players to finish this out. So another person asked a question about uh, Musa Cisse, so I'll just kind of continue down that path a little bit. Um, when do you expect Cisse to make his decision? I think this question has been answered numerous times, but um, let's let's answer that once and for all. Well, I mean, Cisse is still taking classes. He's taking senior English. He's trying to get his eligibility. That's first and foremost. That's got to happen. And then we'll talk about when he's, quote-unquote, making a decision for college. I do expect him to reclassify. He is doing the work necessary to do so. Once that coursework is done, then we'll talk. But until then, let's just be patient. Let the man finish English, guys. Um, <laughs> That's the line of the podcast. Right. <laughs> There's your audio synth right, right. there. <laughs> yeah, That's my audio synth. <laughs> All right, Christian, here's a question for you. Um, you wrote an article a few weeks ago about potential scheduling things for the University of Memphis basketball team. Uh, someone asked on our boards, any news that you can share about the home non-conference schedule? Arkansas was mentioned a few months ago on here. Is that still happening? Brooks, is, is this something that's that's too VIP, or can we dig into this a little bit? Um, I would say let's hold that for VIP. Um, I, I do want to say that I'm the one that put the Arkansas thing out there. I do think that there have been some complications with the Arkansas series because of COVID-19. The same way Memphis wanted to have Georgia Tech on the schedule, we put that in VIP um, and and clarified Memphis wanted to schedule Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's athletic department nixed it because of money. Um, the the date would have been in mid, mid-December. And Arkansas, from what I'm being told, is also on the rocks because – of COVID-19. There's a lot at play right now just because of the situation that every single athletic department is in due to budget constraints. So so basically the the takeaway from that is that things are just in flux right now in terms of ske- nothing, scheduling. Is nothing hard. is operating yeah. at, at normal procedure right now in terms of scheduling non-conference games and things like that. I mean, look at Georgia Tech. They ended up moving from a series with Memphis, a home and home, to scheduling a multi-year series with Georgia State. And Georgia State is no joke. Bro. That is not a game that you want if you're Georgia Tech. Georgia State tied for second in their conference beside, beside, behind UALR and and challenged for that top spot. So uh, it's, it's going to be a tough game. They, they do not want that in their backyard there in Atlanta. So it's just – it's hard – to get scheduling done right now, but just because of travel and budget. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense at this point because Kenny just said it. Scheduling is hard, period, because you have to get two head coaches on the same page and then two athletic departments on the same page as far as when and where and if it's going to be a home and home or what's going to happen there. So it's difficult regardless of the scenario, but with what we have going on right now, uh, it, it definitely makes that situation a lot harder, which is why I'm I'm kind of surprised that the that the Auburn series uh, did get taken care of uh, for the uh, holiday hoopsgiving. Is that is that what it is, Brooks? The holiday hoopsgiving. Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised yeah. I'm surprised that even happened. You mentioned Georgia Tech, and we also mentioned another school that they could potentially be playing. But once again, 
that's in VIP, so I don't want to dig too deep into that. And I'm going to throw a commercial out there for our VIP podcast. One of the things that we've done, we want to make all information available to our VIP members, um, to our VIP family. So one of the things we have our VIP message boards and um, as information and things like that become uh, you know, newsworthy and noteworthy for our VIP members, Brooks and Christian and I will jump on a VIP podcast. We've, I think we're about seven or eight episodes in, um, and it's all exclusively for our VIP members. And I'm telling you, it is some, it's chock full of some good information. So you definitely need to, um, it's, it's worth the price of admission. Um, all right. Next question is any news on Mike Miller? Brooks, I think this question is good for you. The long pause. <laughs> We're waiting. From what I'm being told, the the shoe could fly. The hat could drop. What is it to say? The, what the shoe same? could drop. The hat. The shoe could drop. The hat, the hat could, could fly. What the hell? Something. The rooster could crow. The rooster. Yes, the rooster could crow. Any day now. I do think that there is movement still yet to be seen with the Memphis staff in this offseason. Um, you know, that there have been multiple plays made to to pull Mike Miller away from Memphis's staff, both last season and and this offseason. So it will be interesting to see where this thing goes. Um I, I do think that there are multiple things still at play there. All of which I, I think is best for me not to to choose no comment on, but there's definitely some ambiguity out there. Very much so. Uh, Christian, um, this question is for you, and it's kind of along the same lines as kind of building on top of this Mike Miller question um, and, and where he's going to end up, if he's going to stay with Memphis or not. Um, where does this – where does Mike Miller um, – and and his potential leaving potentially leaving the University of Memphis, um, how does that impact JD Davison's recruitment process? So this is something that we recently talked about. Brooks, was that on the last podcast or was that on the VIP podcast? It was on the last VIP podcast. It, it was on with the, the, the Zoom, Zoom call. call. It was on the Zoom call. Uh, so we talked about this a little bit, and obviously, I think everyone knows from the way that we've talked about it since Memphis started recruiting JD is the fact that Mike Miller and him have a extremely, extremely close relationship, not only with JD, but with, with, with his family as well. So Mike Miller is in to say the least with Jadarian Davison. Um, but, but I think the interesting thing about this is if Mike does leave somewhat soon, then that gives Penny and the rest of Memphis's staff plenty of time to make up ground that they could have lost and something that Brooks mentioned that's that's very interesting when we were talking about this is if Mike ends up going to a low major school, then JD's not going to go there, just because he's he's too good to just go to a low major school. So uh, it's kind of two parts to it. You have to watch where Mike Miller goes if he does leave, um, and then on on the back half of that, Penny Hardaway obviously knows how to recruit, and if uh, if Mike leaves, then he's going to be in on JD and and try to close that deal himself. Um, Christian, tell us a little bit about Christian Ambrooks. Tell us a little bit, a, a little bit about JD's game and what Tiger fans can expect if he does put on a Tiger uniform. Well, I'll start since I'm here and I've uh, been watching JD since he was a freshman. Uh, JD is the best point guard in 2021. I'm just gonna 
flat out say it. He's currently right now the number two point guard according to the 247 Sports Composite. But overall, and in, in, in my view, he is the best point guard in 2021. Uh, he has elite level athleticism, uh, skill, decision making. He, he's the total package. The biggest thing he's got to work on from a, a player perspective is just engaging 100% of the time from you know the the tip to the the final uh, horn. That's his biggest thing. One thing I do want to add is that, you know, JD has kind of blown up in the middle of the pandemic. He's gotten offers from uh, Louisville, Florida State, Kansas, uh, who Virginia Tech, a couple others. And I guarantee you none of those schools are making the trip down to Letahatchee, Alabama right now. It'd be interesting to see who actually becomes a legitimate player for JD once this opens back up, because I can tell you one thing, if they're not willing to make that trip, they've got no shot. That's one of the things that has separated Memphis is that Mike Miller has consistently put himself in front of J.D. and the Davidson family uh, repeatedly, not even just in Letahatchee, Alabama, but I'm talking about in Greenville, Alabama, in Cordova, Alabama, in random small podunk cities in the state of Alabama where J.D. is traveling for home games, for away games, Mike Miller has been there. You know, there's there's been half a dozen games where we've reported that Mike Miller was there on hand for JD this season alone. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Can I say something real quick about JD's game? Something you mentioned a few minutes ago, Brooks, about JD's game, and that the one thing he needs to work on it is is his uh, being checked in, being engaged from opening whistle to the closing uh, whistle. Um, I want you to imagine if you have kids um, and and let's say you have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and they say, Daddy, come play basketball with me. Um, you're going to get out there and it's going to be two-on-one. You're going to be playing against them. Um, and you're just going to kind of goof around, right? Because there's really not much that your kids can do with you. Um, every once in a while, you might make a shot. You might really concentrate on shooting you might do this jd plays in a division of basketball um in that area where he is a man amongst boys and so i don't i know that people will hear what brooks said and go oh my gosh maybe he doesn't concentrate enough maybe he's not aggressive enough that is that is absolutely when when he is around players that are comparable in skill he is going to um, fully engage and so just, just, you know, don't, don't run with that too much. That's, that's something that I think he, um, I don't think it's going to be a problem, um, as he moves forward. Yeah. And I'm not going to harp on it too much because we've, we talked about JD at length last week, so we can kind of move on here. Uh, but someone was asking me and Kenny earlier today, if, if the reason that JD was ranked so high is just because, uh, he's athletic and he has a ton of dunk highlights and we shut that down really quick and, and pretty much explained how he's one of the best players that we've ever seen in person and that it's definitely not just his athleticism that sets him apart. But like I said, we've we've done this at length, so I'm not going to go into, into much more detail there. He's legit. He's legit. All right, next question, um, changing topics. Um, have you heard any discussion about the football schedule? Wow, this question. Okay, have you heard any discussion um, about the football schedule in the fall 
that could be conference games only and no fans and stadium in the AC, AAC. I mean, this isn't this isn't something that I've heard about. I mean, no one knows at this time what's going to happen. Uh, I think a positive step was today. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys saw it, but they said that teams could start coming back for voluntary workouts in June. At this point, that could that's obviously subject to change. That could change uh, within within the next couple of weeks. But that's definitely a positive step. Uh, Brooks has mentioned stuff about potentially only playing conference games in basketball. Um, in football, I haven't heard any discussion on that, so I'm not sure. Um, but I think the no fans in the stadium is is pretty much a lock right now. And uh, at at this point, with what we're going through in the country, and they don't even know if kids are going to go back to school yet. So the football season is very much in flux because if if students don't come back to school, uh, not going to play football. And uh, at that point, who knows what the hell is going to happen. So that's that's just something that's so hard to answer at this point because we don't know from day to day how everything's going to work out. Well, and you're listening to one podcast. But the the amazing thing is we have another podcast that it, by the time this is published will either be published or will be very close on the horizon where we sat down with multiple coaches. We did a coach's corner and one of those coaches, I'm not going to ruin the name and who it was, he talks about that if football doesn't happen, you might as well just scrap the rest. Uh, and I think you guys will be very, very interested to hear from this individual and their their opinion, their stance on how the NCAA gets this thing back on track. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Kenny, have we decided, are we going to make that VIP or regular? Are we going to make that regular or... Oh, that's definitely regular. All right, yeah, cool. Everybody will be able to see that. Everybody. Video and audio. So stay tuned. Video. Well, yeah, we have video and audio for it, so it's going to be pretty awesome. I would honestly wait to see the video because you get to see faces and things like that. So, But we're going to put it out as a podcast as well. Um, so it'll be fun. Coach's Corner is going to be a, a mainstay in our in our lineup of – It's going nowhere. It, it's going to be a mainstay in our lineup of things that we put together. It's a lot of fun. All right, Kenny, right. next question. Next question. Uh, Christian, how is the Tiger football team staying in game shape, such as weight training and weight control? Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this is the same thing as, as any program in the country right now. Uh, coaches are sending workouts, you know, obviously texting over workouts or, are doing zoom workouts with players. And it's, it's really a lot of accountability at this point because coaches can't be breathing down your neck, making sure you're working out, making sure you're eating right. Uh, Brady White, he did a zoom interview, uh, for the media where we sent in questions, and that's exactly what he said. You know, I, I'm checking with guys every day to make sure they're doing right, to make sure they're uh, eating right, to make sure they're working out, to make sure they're getting in uh, strength, both strength and conditioning. And I can assure you that the staff is doing the same thing, making sure players are taking care of their business. But, I mean, outside of that, there's not much you can do. So it's all virtual at this point. Guys are having to uh, really rely on themselves and, and stay accountable on taking care of their body and, and staying in shape at this point. All right. Um Brooks is a question for you. What does Cody Toppert, the assistant coach for the University of Memphis, what is Cody Toppert's coaching future look like? College head coach or back to the NBA? And that's a great question. I think every time you hear Cody Toppert speak, he does a ton of skill de development, uh, like coaching clinics, podcast. He, I mean, he just had a uh, Instagram live quote-unquote podcast tonight with a skills developer and trainer uh, down in College Station, Texas on Instagram uh, tonight. And one of the things that Cody Topper talked about on that podcast was 
how much he admires Penny Hardaway, how how good of a human being that Penny Hardaway is. And I think that you saw it when Cody Toppert came from the Phoenix Suns to the NCAA. He said, the only college job I would have taken was Memphis. I don't think that was coach speak. I think he has such an admiration for Penny Hardaway. You got to remember, he played in the Phoenix Suns organization. He, I think he legitimately has admiration for Penny Hardaway, has – uh, he has aligned himself with Penny Hardaway's vision for this Memphis program and wants to see that realized. So I, I do think that Cody Topper could go back to the NBA any day if he wanted to. I mean, he legitimately had a job offer on the table from the Detroit Pistons last summer before he joined the Memphis staff. So, you know, and he had other offers on the table, um, you know, from reports – from Adrian Wojnarowski and others on Twitter. So it's it'd be interesting. I think that he's got a, a heck of an opportunity as such a young coach um, who's had broad experience in both, oh, well, I guess, in three leagues now, the G League, the NBA, and college. All right, let's, let's uh, shift a little bit to 2021 recruiting. Um, if you had to guess, Brooks, who do you think would be the first commit for the 2021 class? Ooh, man, trying to hold my feet to the fire. Y'all don't know Brooks uh, very well with that question. <laughs> no. <laughs> man, I'll be honest. I don't know because I don't think they know what this roster is going to look like. I think once they have it figured out in terms of like, is Musa Cisse on board? Do, do they fill out another transfer? Is it a guy with one year? Is it a guy with two years? That's totally that will totally change everything about what they're doing in 2021. But again, they've got multiple guys that they prioritized early. There's no early evaluation period, uh, or I mean, uh, summer evaluation period. So that changes things. I, I mean, I think it's just it's hard to say right now. It's hard to say. I mean, I think we could see Memphis not getting a commit until they can get some guys on campus. Yeah, it, it makes total sense because I, I, mean, I feel like we just keep repeating repeating ourselves over and over, but there's so many unknowns right now of what's going to happen at, You know, with the roster, with the waivers, with Musa Cisse, with other transfers that they're in, with guys like you've been talking about, Brooks, that uh, could potentially pull their names out of the NBA draft. So they have to focus on First off, finishing this class, figuring out what they have on the roster, get a feel for who they think will be back in during the 2021-2022 season before they really start pushing hard to get a commit in that class. So it's it's just a difficult situation right now all around. I mean, I could see them having a point guard ready. I think the expectation would be for Boogie Ellis to have a big year. I think their hope would also be that if Musa Cisse is in the fold, they would need a big man. So they go out try to press a point guard, um, you know, whether it be J.D. Davison, um, you know, Carter Witt, Jalen Worley, um, you know, or even, you know, Kennedy Chandler. I know we've written Kennedy Chandler off repeatedly, but I think Penny's renewed, I would call it interest, but I don't want it to sound like he was disinterested or not interested in recruiting before. I think he's kind of shown a renewed energy to be directly involved with recruiting specific prospects. I could see him, you know, kind of pushing 
on Kennedy Chandler just because Kennedy Chandler is a local kid and and Penny has an affinity for kids that are local. He he loves Memphis kids and obviously has a relationship dating well back with Kylan Chandler. Uh, I mean, they used to play pickup ball together. So it'd be interesting to see who they try to press early because I do think that they want to avoid a situation in 2021 like they had with 2020. So um, a, a lot of stories came out over the last couple of weeks about some renewed interest in some of the 2021 guys, um, specifically the uh, Jonathan Lawson and Kennedy Chandler. Um, is there mutual interest between Jonathan Lawson and Penny? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing with Jonathan Lawson is that's a lot to put on his shoulders, you know, for for a young kid who's had so much go, you know, go on between his family and the city and the University of Memphis to like put it on his shoulders to somehow right the ship. That's a lot. So, I mean, honestly, if if I'm a, you know, looking at it from the perspective of a dad, just trying to be like, hey, let bygones be bygones. Even with that said, I'm still like, man, don't feel like you've got to fix this situation, Jonathan. Don't feel like you've got to go to Memphis so that our family can somehow like, you know, be normal in the city again. That's a lot to put on a kid, but I do think one, Jonathan Lawson is a heck of a player. I mean, you he had a 50 burger this year with, you know, it was like what, 50 points and crazy amount of like rebounds, assists, and steals. It was insane. Um, so he's very talented. Always been kind of expected to be one of the best, if not the best, of the Lawsons. So, yeah, sure, Penny is is definitely interested. And I think Jonathan has always wanted to be recruited by Memphis. It's just been a thing of, like, can you overcome that family dynamic? So we'll see. All right, let's pump the brakes for a second on 2021 recruiting and go back to, I think a lot of folks, and I hope that they're still with us, if you started listening at the beginning to now, I know that most of you are, are, are expecting us to spend quite a bit of time on uh, this uh, 2020 waiver situation um, with the NCAA. Obviously today, um, well tonight when we were, we're recording on Wednesday night, um, today that came out that the NCAA um, tabled the entire discussion until next year um, or tabled the vote. Um, so do you guys have any comments on that and what that means for University of Memphis? Not surprising. It means what we, it means what we all expected. Memphis's season next year pretty much all falls in the hands of the NCAA, both from like the IARP perspective from the results of all the James Wiseman stuff, from you know the waivers for two of their incoming guys. It's just Memphis and the NCAA need to hug, make up, and like try to like get along. That's what that's what needs to happen. Or Memphis needs to bribe the NCAA <laughs> with a lot of money. Christian, <laughs> you you were pretty vocal a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last podcast about um, if they chose not to um, put this waiver clause into place this year um, and what that means for the players. What what are you feeling like right now after the news dropped? You called today? it bullshit. Yeah, I called it a lot of bullshit. And this is, honestly, this is what I expected. I'm not, I'm not surprised that this is the way it went. Uh, it's kind of what you can expect 
from the NCAA and it and it's what we got and that's that's really all I got on it. I don't want to I don't want to get too caught up in you know bashing the NCAA anymore because I feel like I've already explained my opinion on it. Well, one of the arguments I saw for like, oh, we can understand we're in the middle of a pandemic and like it's just crazy. You know, that's just one more thing to put on your plate as the NCAA and for you to try to figure out. So I understand you putting that's bullshit. We're not asking the NCAA to come up with a vaccine for COVID-19. We're not asking for the NCAA to fix the United States economic problems and to turn us around from a recession. We're not asking them to figure out how to fix Tennessee's unemployment validation system. We're not asking them to do those things. Those aren't the problems that the NCAA has to address. So they don't have any sort of problems related to this other than to figure out one how do we get people playing as soon as possible? And it's not like they've got a lot of other stuff going on right now. Guess what? All sports, everything is at a halt. So they got a plenty of time to figure that shit out. So the other part of what you got to get figured out is, hey, how do we make this fair for the student athletes? That's what you got to get figured out. And they couldn't even do that. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, and we're back from our commercial break um, with some more questions for Brooks and Christian. So sticking on the same topic with this uh, waiver situation, um, a lot of folks are asking, like, what does this mean now for the Tigers? And and I think everybody knows what the process is, but someone on our boards asked a great question. Um, it said, um, no doubt we've had zero recent success in landing a waiver for, for a transfer. Lance Thomas, Isaiah Stokes are two of the most recent examples. Um, but has the school and the staff ever considered some outside consulting from another school, institution, legal entity to aid in the process? Um, something we need to change. Some, seems like we need to change something up for Nolly and Williams. However, I fully admit I don't know this how this works and um, if the University of Memphis hands may simply be tied by the process. Well, I mean, I think if, if you rewind – 14 years to my 
may have been more than that 15 years to my single days. If I'm, if I'm shooting my shot and continually missing, uh, it's time to reevaluate the strategy, right? So if, if the university of Memphis is, con, you know, continually shooting the same shot with their waiver request with Isaiah Stokes, with, uh, Lance Thomas, it's time to reevaluate how you're going about that. The way that you're, you know, writing up the language within the waiver request, the way that you're providing documentation, the way that you're requesting support from the prior university, from those around the kid. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they're aware, hey, we shot our shot with these two guys and, and we missed. Let's do something a little bit different. I think I think that's an obvious assumption. Now, consulting an outside university like another school, I doubt that happens. I do think that legal counsel is definitely involved in that process. Um, so it will be interesting to see how they approach this, especially given that they're, they're – these two situations seem to be extremely different from the prior two with Isaiah and Lance, you know, with all of the coaching changes and the controversy, especially at Evansville with DeAndre Williams. So who do you think is more likely to sit out this year? Um, do you think that both waivers are um, granted for, for DeAndre Williams and Landers Nolly, or if you had to take a guess between the two, between DeAndre Williams and Landers Nolly, um, do you have a, 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 an assumption or a theory on who uh, would have to sit out and who might have their waiver granted? Christian, you want to take that one? Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, so my thoughts on it are, I don't want to be the overly positive guy that says anybody's going to get it. So, <laughs> Best bets probably are that both of them will have to sit next year. If I had to pick one, though, that I think is more likely, it is DeAndre Williams, and it's because of the coaching situation. He has, I think he has a better argument than Landers Nolly does. When you look at what happened at Evansville, Evansville, uh, his coach get, gets fired in January. They bring in a new coach that he has to play for for the next month and a half or two months before the season shuts down. Um, and that's that's a big reason to transfer. That's, that's kind of the part of this whole wavering and get eligible immediately. Uh, because of certain scenarios, and that is a scenario that you would think would happen. But when you look at the flip side of that, everything that happened with Lance Thomas and Rick Patino, he doesn't get eligible. Uh, everything that went down with Isaiah Stokes at Florida with them giving his scholarship away, and he doesn't get eligible. Uh, you never know what the heck the NCAA is going to do and what they're going to base their decision off of. So uh, Landers Nolly played for a year under the new staff at Virginia Tech, which is going to give the NCAA basis to say, uh, if you wanted to leave, you should have done it the year before, which just simply isn't true because he didn't get to play the year before. So why would he go sit out for another season without getting to play? So I think they both have decent cases. More than likely what happens is they both have to sit. But I think if I'm picking one, I would say DeAndre Williams is the most likely scenario uh, to be eligible immediately. I want to be a contrarian. I, just I because love, I hear I love when you do it. I hear everybody say DeAndre Williams is the most likely to get his waiver. And here's why I disagreed. One, Landers Nolly had to sit out his freshman, his true freshman season because of the NCAA and a mistake that they made, not him, the NCAA made. They weren't able to certify his test score. He ended up sitting out. His test scores were deemed valid. He ended up playing his redshirt sophomore, I'm mean, a redshirt freshman season. And here's the thing. 
he played that season this past year underneath a coach that he did not commit to. He committed to Buzz Williams. He set out that year that Buzz Williams was there. He obviously left. And then, you know, Virginia Tech hired Mike Young from Wofford, who is not the coach that Landers Nolly signed up to play for. Landers Nolly, student athlete, student and athlete. But the primary reason that you go to a school is because of the relationship with the coaching staff. Right? So you have a relationship with Buzz Williams. You go to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech changes coaches because Buzz Williams bolts. Well, Mike Young comes in. Landers Nolly, as a student athlete, says, you know what? I'm going to give this thing a try. I'm, I'm going to do my best to make this situation. I'm going to try to make it work. And guess what? It doesn't work because he didn't have a relationship with that staff. So to me, Landers Nolly goes to the NCAA and says, hey, you made me sit out my first year when I shouldn't have. And my second year, I stayed even when I could have transferred. And guess what? If I had transferred then, I could have played immediately because I had set out the previous season. So to me, Landers Nolly has a tremendous case to the NCAA to say, I did everything by the book. I tried to stay. I tried to play for the new coach. But I just didn't I, I didn't vibe with the dude. It wasn't what I wanted to play for. It wasn't the system. It wasn't the position. It wasn't the coach. Dead, you know, just end of story. Yeah, I think I think you make a great point. I, I think that is a great point for Landers Nolly, but there's no rhyme or reason. There's <laughs> you can't apply logic to the NCAA, and that's the danger here. Is people are asking like logically, who's the most obvious choice? And you're like, you can just throw logic out the window with the NCAA. Just baby bathwater sink everything. Logically, there's no sports going on right now, so they should be able to vote for a waiver clause, and yet they did not. So. Um, Logic is not something that I think the NCAA is known for. Um, pretty arbitrary. Not the business they're in. Pretty arbitrary when it comes to what they do. Um, so, Christian, this question is for you. This is a, a question I think a lot of folks are would be interested in hearing. In your opinion, if if DeAndre uh, Williams is give is granted a waiver and is able to play next year, how does he impact the Tigers team? What is what is his game? What does it do for the Tigers? Uh, what what kind of of impact is he going to have on the floor next year? So in a, in a in a perfect scenario, like like I mentioned with the football stuff, if they're able to get back on campus in June and start you know voluntary workouts and stuff like that, I think guys like DeAndre, Ahmad, Ron, Landers, Nolly are able to you know, get into the system, get used to the players, get used to the coaches, and that's a big plus. If that doesn't happen, uh, then things can get a little shaky. But if we're operating off off of the potential that they are able to get on campus uh, relatively soon and start practicing with the team, I think, uh, I think DeAndre is a guy who is still decently raw. He's only played 18 games in his collegiate career. Uh, I think he struggles at the beginning of the season uh, and comes off the bench more than likely just because of his inexperience, especially at this level. So I think he's a guy that contributes quality minutes off the bench early in the season. And if he develops the way that they think he can and the way that Memphis' staff is capable of developing players, then I think he can become either a starter or a very good rotational guy uh, just based off the fact that he is he knows how to play around the rim. 
he can step out and shoot. Uh, he can pass very well for you know for a power forward. He has good size at six foot nine. Memphis's front court is not deep, so he will definitely have the ability to play. So I think there will likely be some growing pains at the beginning of the season because he is a guy stepping up from Evansville to Memphis, which is a it was a pretty decent step. Even though I know he's played against some decent competition, it's still a big step. Uh, so I think he'll struggle early, but once he gets into the rhythm of playing against uh, players in the American Conference and some of the other games that Memphis will play and gets into the swing of everything, I think he can definitely be a major contributor. Brooks, um, let's say Lander, let's say the NCAA is listening to this podcast and they say, you know what? Brooks Hansen is right. We're going to grant Landers Nolly his waiver request and he's going to be able to play for the Tigers uh, this coming season. What does Landers Nolly do for um, the team? Man, he gives Memphis probably one of the longest combo of wing forwards in the entire country with DJ Jeffries and Landers Nolly. You know, you put Boogie Ellis out there with Lester Quinones, DJ Jeffries, and Landers Nolly. That is a long and offensively powerful lineup right there. And I don't care who you throw at the five. Yes, obviously, it would be a tremendous opportunity to have a, to have a Musa Cisse out there to, to be able to do, you know, screen and pop, pick and roll uh, from the top of the key and, and be able to throw some lobs at the rim for Musa Cisse. Also, to give Landers Nolly and DJ Je- Jeffries a little bit more freedom defensively and filter guys and funnel guys into the middle for uh, Musa Cisse. But you talk about Landers Nolly becoming eligible and playing him along DJ Je- alongside DJ Jeffries. A lot of people were like, well, what about DJ whenever Landers could play them together? Like those two dudes together are dangerous. All right. So let's uh, shift a little bit um, to some of the staff questions. Um, apparently, Keelan Lawson opened up the curtain a little bit to Jonathan Lawson's recruitment and said that um, opposing schools are negatively recruiting against Penny because this is the last year of his contract. Um, this person said, obviously, the pandemic may be playing a role in the in the extension of Penny Hardaway's contract, but are there other reasons why his contract hasn't been renewed? Um, is the IARP case causing the administration to slow play things so they can see how things might play out? No, Penny just hasn't pushed it. That's it. End of story. Christian, do you want to say anything about that? Nope. <laughs> nope. I think, <laughs> think Brooks covered that one perfectly. One one of the things, just kind of behind the scenes for anybody listening to this podcast, when Brooks says end of story, we just kind of go, yep, all right. <laughs> Let's move, move on. along. <laughs> um, is the staff showing interest in the transfer point guard Drew Louder? No. End of story. <laughs> moving along. <laughs> moving along. <laughs> um. All right. This is the last question. Um. And I think this is a a chance for you guys to put on your prognosticating hats. Um. And give us a percentage. But what are the realistic chances that we ever see Landers Nolly or DeAndre Williams end up playing in a Tiger uniform? That's a good question. One or the other, like a percentage? Both. What's the both? Yeah, like one of the one or the other. What are the odds that we see Landers Nolly play slash what are the odds we see DeAndre Williams play? Right. 
I think you have a very, very good chance of seeing both play for the University of Memphis. That must okay. that must be another end of story there. I would say, you know, in t- if you're looking for a percentage, I'm not going to give you an exact percentage because I, it's not like a, it's not either white or black. It's not a, there's a gray scale there. And I don't know, like it, I don't know the difference between 65%, 82%. I don't know. I would say it's better that you, you have a better chance of seeing it happen for both of them than you do for it not to happen. You know, Landers Nolly is not in the NBA draft. He has no desire to not be drafted by someone in the NBA. So if, <laughs> I mean, let's just think about it this way. If his waiver is denied, what is his option? He has no option but to sit out. Yeah, what is this? Now, is could, his stock going to go up while he sits out? I mean, just look at James Wiseman. His stock has dropped while he set out. You think he's suddenly going to go from like a you know, late second round borderline, you know, undrafted free agent type of pickup in this year's draft to like suddenly becoming a lottery pick after sitting out? No. What's his option? He doesn't have an option. So stop stirring the pot that he's going to like sit out this year and then go into the NBA draft next year. It just doesn't work like that. Um, so sometimes to clear things, things up, happen. Quick, Brooks, to clear things up, you're not saying – you're not putting the – I think this question was asking it about the 2020 season. They're not – so you're not saying that it's an absolute that they're going to play for the – or that it's more than likely they're going to play in the t- 2020 season. You're saying at all are they going to be in a yeah, – Just in general, yeah. yes. At some point, yes. You know, because it's possible that it could be this year. I mean, obviously, if their waiver is granted for this year, they're playing. We will see them in Memphis jerseys, both of them. DeAndre Williams is not staying in the 2020 draft, period. End of story. Let me just put that on record. And if I, if, if he, for some reason, makes the decision that's completely counterintuitive to all logic and every piece of advice that's been given to him, then I will just eat crow. Y'all can make fun of me all you want. This will be another – this will be Alex Poitras part two – but he's coming out of the draft. He is not staying in the draft. If his waiver is approved, he will play for Memphis next season. If it's not, again, like Landers Nolly, what is what is DeAndre Williams' option? He's 24, yes, but what's he going to do? I mean, is your goal to play in the NBA or is your goal to go play overseas? If your goal is to go play overseas, then go for then it. Then go. Yeah, go ahead and go. Yeah. And if that's the goal, like – then maybe we won't see him in a Memphis But I don't jersey. think that's the case. But I don't but I don't think that's the goal. You know, we're sitting here talking about him wanting to be interviewed by NBA teams through the pre-draft process and having a hard time getting that done this year as a 2020 early draft prospect. But, you know, you you come back for a second year at the University of Memphis, you perform like you think you can because DeAndre Williams, I think he has a pretty high opinion of his ability, and, and that's cool. Like I'm all about some confidence. But if if you think you're that good, come back and prove it. And then bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. You know, what has the Jordan documentary done for for young players more than anything? It has shown them that sometimes you just gotta put your head down and go to work. You can't like you can't leave 
when you feel like something's not going your way or like it's not going to be this year, so I might as well just change scenery. You know, everything about Jordan was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do the work. I'm gonna put put my head down and compete. And when it's my time, it's on. So, all right. So, and in previous interviews that we've been doing, this is this is my final question, and then we can kind of wrap it up and get out of here. Um, if you're still listening, thank you for staying with us for so long. Um, this has been fun for me actually to hear all of these board questions on one podcast this has been actually pretty cool. Um, you guys, Christian, you've been asking all these players that you've been talking to in interviews that everybody's heard uh, about the last dance and about the Michael Jordan documentary, um, what their thoughts were uh, as they're watching it, their impressions, you know, things like that. Uh, I want to toss that question to you two. Um, what were y'all's thoughts is now that it's over last takeaways? Um, did you enjoy it? What are your thoughts? Brooks, you start that one. Mm. Well, it's been kind of interesting hearing Michael Jordan talk about his competitive nature and how he has a chip on his shoulder and like he uses everything that anybody does as motivation to like say you did this so it's my way of motivating myself uh to just demolish you and I'll be honest like I love it because like that's honestly the way that I approach this stuff. I know that sounds crazy. I'm not comparing myself. I'm not saying I'm the Michael Jordan of recruiting or, you know, college basketball coverage. That is far from the case. There have been so many people that are much better and even more so connected than I'll ever be. Um, but in terms of just having a desire to do what I do and do it well, man, it was so motivating for me and just re kind of reignited that fire to just compete um, cause this is a competition to me, like doing what I do, this is a competition for me and I want to be the best at it. I want to, I want to be as accurate as humanly possible. I want to do justice to the people's stories that I'm telling. I want to, um, I, I just want to, I want to be good at my craft the same way that he was. And I just loved how he was like, you know what? Sometimes I may have been an asshole, but I was an because I wanted you to be really good too. You know, like, so I know that there are times where you probably get off the text thread, you probably put your phone down, you probably get off the phone with me and Kenny or a FaceTime call and you're like, man, why is Brooke such an asshole? And it's just because I want you to be good too. I want you to see the vision that I have for you. And that vision is for you to be the best that you can possibly be. And that, so that's what I took away from it. Like I just tried to use it as my own personal motivation um, with what I do. Yeah. I mean, that definitely sticks out because it's something you, that we've always heard about Michael Jordan. This is competitive edge and what set him apart. So to be able to hear it firsthand to me, that's always the coolest. And that's one of the coolest parts of my job is being able to talk to people and get stories firsthand. Uh, so many examples of that, like being able to talk to Brady white about throws that he made during the cotton bowl. Or I, I can go through so many examples, talking to precious Achiwa about his entire season and breaking it down. Me, personally, I love hearing things firsthand. Things always get lost in translation, so hearing it straight from someone's mouth uh, about a historic point in basketball is super cool to me. Uh, but, I mean, for me, I didn't get to watch that. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't born until 98, so I wasn't born until the last champ before. Let me think. When are the NBA Finals? Yeah, I would have been like three, three or four months old when they won their last ring. 
<laughs> so I didn't get to see Jordan. I think I think I vaguely remember seeing him play for the Wizards, but that's it. So I didn't get to live through any of that like like you guys did. So being able to one go back and see it because really all you see of it's highlights now. So go go back and see clips from the games and hear him talk about it. Uh, and get interesting stories from Steve Kerr and Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and some of the other guys that played on the team is super cool. And there's a lot of things that I didn't even know. I didn't know the Tony Kukoc stuff. I didn't know that you know he played in what was it Croatia and that they hated him when the Bulls drafted him. I didn't know any of those things. So for me, as a as a sports junkie, as a history junkie, being able to learn things that I didn't know and little intricacies of basketball history was cool to me so for for me it was more of just a reflective thing of of seeing everything that that you guys uh were able to live through and watch uh in in y'all's younger days so that was cool for me to go back and relive that stuff and then also you know the crazy brooks motivation stuff was was cool too but i just kind of i just kind of reveled in the in the basketball history of it well and, and here's here's a little small thing that i loved you look at throughout that entire 10 10 you know, episode part of the series, a lot of the people around Michael Jordan that he was most comfortable with, that got the most access to him, that had really amazing relationships with him, were just regular dudes, just regular people. Yeah, that was wild. Like the white, who the, were the just ugly white dude with the jury curl. Yeah, 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 like that dude. He had so much access to Michael Jordan flipping quarters against the wall and just shooting the shit and being friends with MJ. Because he was willing to just treat him like a human, treat him like every aspect of his life made him a human being instead of the best basketball player to ever step foot on a hardwood floor. Michael Jordan is fully human, every aspect. So when we talk to Precious Achua, when we talk to Penny Hardaway, when we talk to any person we talk to, to me, it's like, that's why I always say it's all about relationships. It's all about just treating people like, people like they are human beings. And it's so interesting to see that play out in the shape of a documentary. For And for most people, they probably didn't, didn't even see that significance. But it was just a bunch of random dudes sitting around in a room on a stretching table or in a you know fold-out chair just shooting, shooting the shit with MJ because they treated him like he's a person. I totally agree. It's awesome. All right, Brooks, I'm going to turn it over to you to kind of close us out, man. You got any closing thoughts for us? Man, y'all stay sane. Y'all stay safe out there. It is uh, it is hard for parents out there. So for my fellow parents out there, I salute you, Kenny. I salute you. Uh, this quarantine is tough on parents. Christian, you got it easy, bud. So for all you young single dudes and, and females out there listening to this podcast, y'all can, uh, just, y'all can just take it easy because – I got nothing else to do. What else are you doing? Getting tattoos. Right. <laughs> Just getting tattooed. Christian got a, yeah. a new massive tiger tattoo on his leg. That's Is that you becoming a fanboy? No, no, no. It has nothing to do with Memphis. <laughs> it was one of those where I was like, you know what? It looks cool. So every, all my other tattoos have meaning. That one was like, yeah, it's cool. I'll put it on my leg and I can cover it when I want to. You just wanted cred with some of the players. So Yeah, I just want to be like, hey, look, guys, I can get cool tattoos too. It is massive. So if you see Christian out and about, check out his thigh. It is huge. Not his thigh, the tattoo. Uh, but, man, I've got nothing else. Christian, you got anything? Yeah, we teased it a little bit, and I know we've ran super, super long like we did last week, so I'm going to get it out real quick just 
to let you guys know how awesome this is. Brooks and Kenny mentioned that we did a coach's corner uh, earlier this week on Monday night. It's incredible. Uh, we talked about it afterwards. I want to be as candid as possible. I think it's one of the coolest, if not the coolest thing that we've done since I've been a part of Go Tigers 247. Ever. So, ever. So we will be dropping that sometime soon. I don't know exactly when yet. I'm not going to say anytime. Audio, video, Kenny knows better when it's going to drop. I don't. He controls all that. Uh, so just be on the lookout for that because it was incredible. It was a fun experience, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Well, and and final thought from me. Okay. We're now pushing we're now pushing an hour on this. We we pushed an hour last week. The coaching corner uh episode was an hour and 15 minutes and yeah. the prep going into that just my prep alone. So we're talking about like this past 7 days you know for for our non-VIP members out there. We're talking about like just for a few pieces of content which the majority of our content is free. Um, in terms of written and audio, we're talking about tremendous amount of hours that we put in to provide, you know, great content and then tremendous information for you guys. So if you have not head over to go tigers, two, four, seven, uh, hit that subscribe, that VIP button. We are actually running a 60% off special right now on annual memberships. You can get it for like a fraction of the cost, um, of what it would normally cost you for an entire year, like 40 bucks. Um, I know that right now times are tough. So if you've got, a, if you've got 40 bucks of your stimulus check left in your bank account, hit us up. Cause I know Christian could use it. I know, I know it, every little bit counts for us. So, uh, cause as soon as this quarantine is over, we're hitting the road for you guys. We're going to be out there. We're going to be doing, uh, as many locker room episodes as we can. We're going to be doing whatever we can do with the evaluation period traveling for football and basketball and every bit of subscription money that we can use for that we will so listen thank you guys christian i'm good final chance you good good. kenny you good i'm good man thank you all right that's a wrap thank you for listening to tigers in 20 if you enjoyed this episode we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.